Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. There's another thing. Turn up four and a half pounds over overweight. You haven't got a team around you to advise you. And you come across like he does. He very much comes across with the attitude of he doesn't give a shit. I think yeah. that makes it worse, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. He, did, he did a dab or something. Yeah, he did something stupid. Like, just... <laughs> He's done his yeah. dabble. <laughs> 20%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I know. And I'm like, don't do it. And then he bust his nose like, went really bad. He looked like a pirate coming out of the cage. His nose had yeah. gone over his eye. I, I like Jake Hadley as a fighter a lot. I really, he intrigues me a, a lot. I like and, um, too, but it's not going to stop me smashing it, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say... Hi guys, Cody Davis here, 10-0 undefeated professional boxer from Wales. Just finished my podcast with Ace Podcast Nation. Subscribe at youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation for the best content on all the Welsh boxing shows, all Welsh sport and Welsh boxing and sport in general. All the best. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 50. 5-0, we are there. And uh, what a better way to celebrate 50 episodes than a very special guest. As well as talking UFC 255 from last night. And uh, a host of other news and, and stuff. But uh, you can watch the video versions of this show and all the other shows that we do at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. And the audio versions are available for uh, download at all the podcast and radio platforms that you can think of. But uh, with no further ado, first of all, joining me is, as ever, my usual co-host, ex-Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, 
Mr. Daniel Batten. Welcome, buddy. How are we? Yeah, I'm very good, Si. Um, yeah, so it's great to have Mr. Shanks on. The champ. I miss this guy. I miss this guy, man. Indeed. And our, our, guest, our, guest, our guest this evening is Luke the Apocalypse Shanks, the, uh, the reigning Cage Warriors flyweight champion. How goes it, Luke? You all right, buddy? Yeah, brilliant, mate. Yourself? Yeah, really good, mate. Really uh, been looking forward to this because obviously you've got a big fight coming up. You have uh, with uh, certain Mr. Jake Hadley, who was uh, impressive himself in the, the last Cage Warriors trilogy, as were you. You had uh, two very different fights in that uh, event. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, White Fong's good. He's good at promoting himself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so obviously you had a five-rounder, five didn't you? Um, and you yeah. dominated it from start to finish. I think his was all yeah. over in, what, 30 seconds. Yeah, uh, no matter what he does, I'm just going to one-up him every time. And uh, <laughs> It's like he scores a, a first-round knockout and then starts talking crap about me. And I'm standing there <laughs> backstage getting ready to walk out. I just mm-hmm. thought, how can I overdo him? So I went and scored the most dominant win in uh, history. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I just I just said... Um, well, I was pretty humble at the end. I wanted to say say a load of stuff about him, but I thought we'll keep it nice and we'll get in there. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, I think from a from a fan's point of view, from my point of view, like I'm looking at it and I'm thinking of all the fights the Cage Warriors could have made for this next trilogy, that was the one I was hoping for because obviously, like say, you know, you dominated for five rounds. Uh, you don't see that very often. Obviously, you broke records. You don't see that very often anyway. But to see it in a title fight, I think, is even more unusual for a title fight to be one so one-sided. Uh, Dan, do you remember a title fight being that one-sided before? Uh, you don't see... Like, which, which isn't over in, like, you know, like a minute or something. Yeah, you, you don't see it very often. And, you know, you'll be left, you know, looking up into your head to try and search for a fight that was so dominant at that sort of level. I mean, this is Cage Warriors. Cage Warriors are becoming known as that feeder show to the UFC, which is, you know, not a bad position to, to have an event at. And that means you're going to get the top tier European fighters fighting on it to try and get that position in UFC. So everyone in there is the real deal. And to dominate in the way that Luke did was you know, really quite something. I know what he was capable of. I, I knew what he was capable of totally. Um, and it reminded me... Um, of Luke's performance. I think it was your first ever pro fight, fight up in Scotland. Funny enough, now you're living up there. And you absolutely steamrolled yeah. this guy. Absolutely. And he was an experienced guy, wasn't he? Um, good striker. Yeah, I've actually been training with him again. He's yeah, a really good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that was another one where you put your foot down on the gas and just did not let up. So I, I know that this was not a fluke performance. The guy didn't underperform. I know this is something that you force guys into, and that is to play a game of survival. And the guy did survive. I'll give him that. But um, he didn't get to get any attacks off of his own. Maybe a couple of leg kicks, but you adjusted your strategy and you, you never allowed those leg kicks to become anything that was going to truly threaten you. It was... It was incredible, and you know, I've watched back the fight several times. You know, trying to think what could this guy could have done to to change what you was doing to him, and with, with his technical capabilities and his strategical capabilities at that time, it was just not possible for him to make any adjustments to to come back at you. 
So, you know, well done you know, to you and your camp. You know, I speak highly of your, your coach and your team. And, you know, you're all doing absolutely amazing, really doing amazing. We might, uh, we might see some American fighters and cage warriors uh, very soon. Obviously, they, uh, uh, Graham Boylan and Cage Warriors have been granted a license for the US. Cage Warriors is uh, looking to expand into America in uh, 2021. That uh, could open some interesting fights, Dan, because what you could find is maybe guys in the UFC who aren't getting fights for, you know, when everything's back up and running they'll have like a, a top tier place to go and get some fights in. Yeah, I, I do, do get you. I mean, I'm presuming that they're going to run cage for events in America. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Right, yeah, okay. that's, yeah, that's what I'm led to believe. And Right. Yeah, I don't mind that idea so much. I just don't like the idea of cage warriors being hijacked and getting a load of American champions that go off then to UFC. Because in America, you've got loads of fight events that they can grow yes, their records on. I know we're in strange times at the minute. But at the moment, I think it's a, a great way for European fighters to, to get recognition and then go out to fight predominantly in the yeah. United States. I mean, they've got a massive pool of American fighters. I just don't want to see it getting hijacked. Um, do you know what? Do you want to know what my uh, and this is? I, I must stipulate, seeing as like obviously you've both got heavy links to Cage Warriors, so I don't want to put you in any, any awkward position. This is purely me and my speculation. I think that the only reason they're going down that route, or one of the reasons they're going down that route, is uh, one to provide UFC Fight Pass with more content, and two, basically. It provides UFC with a another vehicle in America as like a without having to put on a UFC show, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, it'll still be a Cage Warrior show. But also, I do think it opens up some really interesting doors. So say like um, Luke next year could go and if he gets through Jake Hadley, could go and defend his title against an American flyweight on a Cage Warrior show or whatnot and i also what you've got to remember is the ufc is one of the few companies in the whole world who is a, their athletes have been allowed to travel around the world so if cage warriors which is obviously linked to the ufc are able to travel out to america and stuff you can mm. uh, you can open up things like training camps and and shows and things like this which you maybe cannot do at the moment yeah but that, that's, travel that's... restrictions yeah, but that's the thing that I'm not so comfortable with. You know, I don't want to see people like Luke Shanks fighting Americans on Cage Warriors. I want to see him fight these guys in UFC. Yeah, um, depends who it is, not it? Yeah, I don't yeah. want them to create uh, like a Division 2 UFC in the form yeah. of Cage Warriors. That's oh, what worries yeah. me with this. Yeah, well, I think... Yeah, well, my, my first thoughts... Well, my first thoughts on it were um, with all those options there, like every state's got their own big show. And yeah, yeah. Are, I'm not, I don't know if I'm wrong or, or right on this, but I was thinking they were getting paid a, a hell of a lot more money. Say Titan, for instance, that's quite a big show over there. Mm. That's the equivalent of Cage Warriors. They're getting like, I know Brett John's got a lot more money on there before he went to the UFC than what he would have done on Cage Warriors. And why would you put yeah. yourself in these like situations? Like, because um, obviously me and Hadley are, are both better than uh, UFC fights, but we're just doing it to get that crown in Europe. We don't mm, care yeah, about um, we're, we're not fighting to just get in the UFC. Anyone can get in there. You can fly over to America, hang around at Jacksonville, get in on the late notice fight. But we're trying to like make ourselves the best in Europe. And then mm. when you go there, 
you, everyone knows you're the best in Europe. You're the undisputed, but yeah, it's just going to be. I don't know how it's going to work, but it sounds exciting to um, to see it unfold next year. Anyway. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, anything which makes Cage Warriors a bigger stage is ultimately should be better for the fighters, for the coaches, for everyone all around. But I'm saying that I do understand what you're saying, Dan, about the you've got the possibility of diluting it a little bit, which you obviously don't want. But mm. anything for me, if, if Cage Warriors is bigger, the fighters should then get paid more which is good because I think we all agree uh, that, that fighters in any promotion around the world, including the UFC, Bellator, they don't get paid enough. Yeah, yeah. Look, look not to, you know, I've got obviously guys that are in Cage Warrior, so mm. you know, I don't want to be seen to be talking badly about them. You know, I, the promotion's been great for me, obviously, with my career and so on and so forth. But one thing I do know is that they certainly don't pay the fighters enough money. Um, well, I think we can yeah. say that about everyone, isn't it? It's um, not just Cage Warriors, it's UFC, Bellator, yeah, unless you're it, Conor McGregor, you ain't getting paid enough. You know, we can go back over 15 years and I was getting paid over double what some of the fighters are getting paid today, back Jesus. when uh, Dougie Truman was running it. Now, that's just crazy. I was getting 1500 to that's two insane, grand uh, every fight and then they're, they're not getting nowhere near that and they've got to pay for their safe M MMA. Now, you know, Mark Goddard went to... Channel. Sorry, it's making pay. no ticket sales at the minute. They're making yeah, pay yeah, for it's hotel room really, really hush. And I think it's partly because these youngsters are trying to prove themselves so hard because they want that dream ticket to UFC, and they know that, and they know they could. These guys are fighting for practically nothing. Now, here's my issue regards them going to the states. That if they carry on with that kind of condition, what are they actually paying? the american fighters and in america they can get sponsorship that can subsidize their low fight purses yeah um, there's a lot more options regards to the american fighters and that means people like luke shanks are going to be fighting full-blown pro athletes and when i say that i mean in terms of training full-time and poor luke's you know struggling to work full-time jobs well, here and there i'm, I'm full-time I've been okay, yeah, I get that, yeah. but there's many of you, and it's not been an easy road for you to get to that point. You know, um, I, I, I know, know your that. struggles. It's You've been, been through been some hard situations, sure. and it, to me, it wouldn't be a fair thing to, to put up against each other. The Americans are some of the top fighters in the world, as we know, and um, you know, to be a, a slight degree down on them because you're. You've got other issues regards working and so on and so forth. It's going to be hard for anyone from Europe to compete, especially at those low yeah. wages. Yeah, obviously, yeah, like you say that, my my pro, the only pro loss I've got, that was the same thing. It was like you get offered a contract on a show and they're paying more than everyone else, Bama. Mm. And then uh, I took it on the four days notice, broken nose, got a couple of yeah, 10 kilograms. Remember. And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, whatever, I'll, I'll get the contract. And then the whole show fault. So not only yeah. have I put that loss on my record for life, I haven't got anything out of it. It's like uh, yeah. I told you, I told you not to do it, Luke. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, honestly, sorry. Yeah, this guy, I was dead against him taking the fight. But you know um, what contracts yeah. are like, man. You, you want a contract? Yeah, I know, I know. And I'm like, don't do it. And then he bust his nose like <laughs> went really bad. He looked like a pirate coming out of the cage. His nose had yeah. gone over his eye. And I'm like, Luke, just don't do this fight, mate. He had to cut a lot of weight. He was out of training. Got this broken nose, and <laughs> um, he still went in there, but. Yeah, but that's that's Luke for you. <laughs> well, that, that that loss, like being in there, um, that, that that gave me a serious kick up the ass, man. I didn't want to do that ever again. And uh, 
yeah, the crazy thing when this fight was announced was it's the same damn venue. I didn't want to go back to that venue ever again in my life. <laughs> you know, that old boxing one, I can't remember what it's called, but it's that, it's that cool, old no? boxing legend. Your call. Cool, yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, I never wanted to go back there, but it's it's almost fate's brought me back and I get to redeem it in the same yeah. venue. I'll put the same beat in what I got to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> So, Luke, just lastly on um, on your fight with um, Jake Hadley, um, a couple of things like how's the kind of the build up to it been and everything? Is it just sort of yeah. weight weight cutting now and then away to go? Yeah, the the Cage Warriors crew they're coming up for a for a day to do a full filming and they're like um, they they were saying to me they're going to do it properly um, like the UFC in, in between fights they're going to promote the main card so i'm getting all the promotion i need so they're going to treat me well and obviously it's the best fight around in europe he signed to um conor mcgregor's management company about a year ago and they've been begging to get straight in the ufc ever since and he was begging Mm. after my fight and i knew right then and there if i didn't put on a clinic he's going to go straight to the ufc and take all my shine from that show talking shit about me Mm. yeah It'll make it like um, he, he's the the big guy. So I thought, oh no, you ain't taking my spot in the UFC. So I I smashed that guy purposely. So so I'd get this fight, and I'm sure he don't want that fight because why why would he want it? He's getting less money. He was going to go to the UFC. Is it with Paradigm? That's basically a get out of jail free ticket. You go there regardless. Mm. If he loses against me, he will go to the UFC for sure. And it would just be like he had a little hiccup. If I lose, yeah. I'm at the bottom of the pile, and uh, that ain't happening, man. I ain't mm-hmm. getting stuck at the bottom of that pile again because it, it's not <laughs> a pile of shit. It's a good pile, so yeah, uh, yeah sure. I want to be one of the flies on the top. So what I what I want to do before we uh, move away from Cage Warriors is I want to uh, I'm going to pick a couple of fights which I like. And I'm going to ask you guys to give me your predictions on uh, who's going to win. If you want to add in, uh, you know, how it's going to finish or a decision or whatever, you are more than welcome. We'll start with the flyweight title match between Luke Shanks and Jake Hadley. Luke, how is that going to go? Um, well, I, I can't give away. Uh, I'm not saying nothing because I know. I just say win or lose. Just well, that. the arm's going to be raised, and uh, yeah, uh-huh. uh, I'm not I'm not saying the round or anything because uh, I don't want to give up uh, anything. But yeah, my, my okay. arm's getting raised, and his face is going to be uh, <laughs> black and blue. What about you, Danny? Where what you got in this one? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against Luke. Really, I do think it's a really intriguing matchup. In all honesty. And um, in my mind, I know what kind of game plans each sh- should be looking for up against each other. And, mm. um, and it's, it's going to come down to who's got the strongest mind. And like, like I say, you know, Luke is not your know, normal type of character. He's, uh, you know, um, a bit different in many ways. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, you know, one thing I know is Luke's uh, a, the real deal. He's a proper serious character. And uh, yeah, he ain't backing down for nothing. And when he wants it, he does whatever it takes to go and get it. So I'm going to have to go for Luke. Um, yeah, look, for me, if Jake was against any other flyweight, 
I would probably back Jake Hadley. I because I be I have been really impressed with his uh, his striking uh, and his all round skills. But having seen Luke's last couple of fights, Luke particularly the one you know the five rounder, just the dominance, um, and obviously speaking to Luke and speaking to yourself and stuff, I just think that Luke will be too much for him. So I think that's the way there. Another go- another one on that uh, opening night is uh, Adam Armasinger versus Sam Creasy. I'm uh, interested in that one. Obviously, we've had Sam on the show. Um, Danny, we'll start with you this time. How do you see that one going? Yeah, well, I'm training with Sam Creasy. And um, if he sticks to sort of game plan and the ideas that we've been talking about, he will, he will get the win. But he's got to stick religiously to it. He can't veer off to old ways. Mm. Um so, yeah, I mean, Amazinger has really been impressing me of late. He's really um, creating an all-rounded game. But I have seen chinks in his armour, and that has been discussed and that's been planned for. So, yeah, it's just a case of, of doing what's being done in training and the wind will go to Sam. And, uh, Luke, how do you see that one going? Yeah, they're both um, brilliant, and um, I wouldn't put any money on it. And Because uh, I, I like them both, but... I'm I want to fight them both as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to place my bets on that one. But okay. um, it's going to be a good fight for sure. Mm, absolutely. 100%. And then on the Friday, we've got a um, friend of the show, Aaron uh, Aaron King Khalid versus Justin Burlinson at Welterweight. Uh, Luke, how do you got any, uh, any way you see that one going? Um, oh, I don't actually know... Um, Berlinson, Berlinson, mm. but um, I think he, is he unbeaten five and zero or something. Uh, I'd have to double check. I think he might I, be. I think, yeah. he's, I think he's unbeaten five and zero, and he's fighting a guy ten and five in Khalid. But Khalid's um, been a bit of a wild guy in his foot early on in his career. Yeah, and, he's uh, much improved he's now. Together now, yeah. So yeah. I think he's too good for a five and zero guy, but we'll see. Yeah, what about you, Dan? How do you see that one going? Because Aaron has looked a different fighter in these last couple of yeah. fights. If we see him the way we have been seeing him, um, I, I can't see this going the distance. I think Khalid's going to create a stoppage either late in round two or mid round three. I think he's, he's going to just overwhelm this guy. I reckon a uh, submission, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Submission from uh, Mr. Khalid. Uh, the main event of the, that Friday is... Uh, uh, Natias or Natias, uh Frederick, who's the champion, facing Jamie Richardson for the middleweight middleweight title. Um, are we going to see a new middleweight champion there, gentlemen? Do you think? What do you no. reckon, Dan? Yeah, I, I don't know too much about the uh, the person who's challenging um, Richardson. He's yeah, actually fought uh, not got Ramsey in a jiu-jitsu competition. He's been on the grassy. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm not too sure what the, the striking side of things are. So I'm going to stick with the champion on this one. What about you, Luke? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a whitewash. I think uh, Jamie Richardson's quite a small middleweight. He should probably be a welterweight. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, that Nefias Fedrick's huge. I think there's going to be a huge size difference. And, mm. um, yeah, he's just a genetically gifted guy too. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's very, very good. Very impressive. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other fights, but I just wanted to pick out a couple. Uh, then on the Saturday, we've got a, a couple of title fights and uh, a couple of other fights. So we'll go with, I'm going to pick, uh, right, Ian Gary versus Lawrence Tracy at Welterweight. Danny, how do you see that one? Mm, 
let's go Lauren Tracy. But you know, this is a little bit of a guessing one. Yeah, you know, on the on these two, but um, yeah, that's where I'm steering. I'm a big uh, I, I'm a big fan of Ian Gary. I got to say, uh, so I'm right. going to go with him. Um, mm-hmm. What about you, uh, Luke? Got a preference or a pick there? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'll go with Gary. That head kick knockout over that um, guy was great. The McManus brothers, they're, they're legit guys. So getting a head kick knockout and making him quit is uh, impressive. Mm. For sure. Then we have uh, Paul Hughes versus Jordan Vucinic. That is going to be a fight. Uh, Luke, which way do you see that one going? Yeah, I think um, Paul's sort of taking the Conor McGregor road of things, trash talking. And um, yeah, I think I don't think he's going to live up to the hype in this one. And uh, obviously, Jordan's great. And I went back and trained, and Jordan was like phenomenal. Like, uh, Wrestling was on point. Everything was great. So, yeah, I'm going Jordan. And, uh, yeah, I don't think that Aimable fight gave him any justice because Aimable was great. So, um, yeah, getting a win over Aimable, I don't think Paul Hughes would beat Aimable. I thought um, Aimable really, really upped his game as well in that fight. Like, he put on a... He he didn't want to lose again. He's not a journeyman. He wanted that win. Yeah, for sure. And I just... Like, everybody who I speak to, and I'm talking... Whether it's guys who, you know, like train with you, Dan, or yourself, mm-hmm. Luke, or even the Welsh guys down here and Richard Shaw and people, every single person says the same thing about George Vujinic, which is he is just so good overall, but he's still so young as well. Like if oh, he yeah. keep if he does everything, you know, right and doesn't make silly mistakes away from the cage, he's got it all. You know, the future's basically his to take. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I always knew it was going to be me and him when he joined our our team. I knew we we're, we're going to be at the top of the uh, mm. list. You can just see it in him. He's just destined to get that, and he's willing to do whatever it takes as well to get that. Yeah, and I mean, he's one of he's one of the few that actually listen to me as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the Believe main thing. Believe it or not, mostly, mostly. I, I do. I, I'll, I'll still use all, all his tricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair to to Paul Hughes, he's you know he's six and zero as a pro. He isn't uh, he isn't a mug. He's um, he's got something about him. He is highly rated in um, Ireland. Yeah. He's coming off a win against Aidan Stephen. Yeah, I've trained with him. He is legit, so yeah. It's tough. I think it is a tough fight for Jordan, for sure. Danny, as his coach, are you, I don't want to say are you concerned, because obviously it's your job to be concerned, but do you think Jordan will win? Yeah, I just think Jordan's too complete. Um, and the thing is, I'm going to be honest, and I'm always honest uh, you know, with him as well. We haven't even seen him perform how we know he can perform in the gym. And I put that down to his young age. Mm. Um, you know, so there's still some maturity and still we need to increment his pressure performance. But that's scary to think, you know, we haven't even seen him at his best yet. Nowhere near. Um, I know that he can do so much more than we have seen him do. But he just needs to mature a little bit with his mind and his game planning. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I've seen him destroy people much bigger than him uh, mm. on the striking. He, I've seen him out wrestle people bigger than him. That were skillful guys. I've seen him, him submit guys and and just just outperform them on the ground in the grappling. And and then when we get other people come from all over uh, to come and train with us, it, it, for MMA, he puts a clinic on them. So I know what he's capable of. 
and uh, and we've seen him at half that and still pull off wins against great guys. Um, and, and to think that Jordan's going to be naturally a lot bigger than this guy. But Paul Hughes is not a particularly big guy. And Jordan is genetically really strong for his, for his size. He actually ain't big, big in frame. He's yeah. actually slim in the bone structure, but he has, has, has really lean Hughes. muscle. Yeah, 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 he is. But, he's deceptively you know, fit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I, no, no doubt he's gonna he's gonna be fit, but I just think skill on skill. No, and no, fact, thick Jordan's going to have like a, like Oh, a thick. Sorry. Wide, thick. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, when yeah, you yeah. see him from the side view, he's very wide. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I just think uh, Jordan's got the longer reach. He's the taller man, uh, and so from the get go, it's all for Paul Hughes to try and search a way in to try and make things happen. And I just think on the counter, Jordan's just going to be too good. Yeah, one of the things which has struck me about Jordan, um, like whenever I've spoken to him or I've interviewed him or just chatted with him, is he's very, very driven. Like for such a young guy, you don't speak to many guys in their kind of early 20s or younger who are like that driven and that focused and they know where they want to get and they know how they want to get there. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a big part of it as well. Um so I'll be I'll be looking forward to that that and Luke's fight are the two fights which straight away caught my eye as because um, that's a massive I think that's a massive fight for Jordan someone you know so young but so highly rated to to face someone like Paul Hughes is a it's a big shout. Yeah, yeah. There's another guy from uh, my gym fighting as well. He he's got a seriously hard fight and yeah, that's going to be a good one. That's tell us about it, guys. Um. He, he had a fight of the night with uh, Joe McCorgan. Uh, okay. Which led him, they, they actually got a draw, and then that led him, Joe got another win and then got the belt shot. But this French guy, I don't think he's fought since that draw fight. Um, and yeah, he's very good. And then uh, my guy, Stevie McIntosh, at uh, my new gym, high level, he, he's, um, he's sort of just reached his prime up. 31 and then um, is a, it's been uncomfortable uh, it's had a few like unfortunate things uh, mm. he was matched on this MTK show in China booked all the visa took all the time off work and then uh, a couple of days before they changed his opponent without telling him and it was like a 30 and 0 Russian guy <laughs> and it was a oh, nice scramble they, they'd booked all the flights paid for all the safe MMA and then that went to Japan and then a few other fights he tried to get went to Japan Tried to get on the last trilogy, couldn't. He's just been having a right nightmare, but he's finally got his uh, shot mm. against uh, another French guy. So, yeah, that's going to be a brilliant fight because uh, both of them are, like, really explosive. And, yeah, really high level. Yeah, that, that, that looks, sounds like it'll be a good one. Um, so, yeah, uh, Mehdi Ben Lakda, he's fighting, isn't he, Steve Maguire? Yeah. So that'll yeah. be um, that'll be an interesting one. Um, another one I've been told by uh, a few people to look out for is uh, Jack Mack. Jack Maguire versus um, Dan Kneel or Neil. I apologise if I pronounced that wrong. Which is also, I think, on the Thursday. But um, like Jack Maguire is uh, someone who I was told have a look. He's a very, very good fighter, apparently. So I'm going to be uh, keeping a close eye on this Cage Warriors card. Obviously, like from a personal point of view, I'm a bit disappointed that Oban obviously isn't going to be fighting uh, any time in the near future but i was looking well, forward to that you got an injury um so in the 
when they were doing some tests, I think to get ready for this trilogy card, they found that he had um, <clears throat> some sort of heart issue. So he's got to wear, got to go and have like a load of scans, and I think he's got to have um, not an operation, but like um, like investigative type things. He did put it on all his social media stuff, but so he's uh, out cool. basically out indefinitely at the moment, just till they work oh. out the you know what it is and stuff. But uh, you know, I'd imagine unless it's something you know which ends his career, basically, is he'll be back and he'll be up for it. But um, let's uh, let's move along. One fight which was announced this week: Daniel Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier is official. Finally. Oh, finally, yeah, that's good news. Yeah, looking forward to that one. But um, do you know what I'm looking forward to even more than that? And that is the December nineteenth uh, UFC card taking a bit of shape. Obviously, the main event being uh, Leon Edwards and Chemaev. That's a fight and a half. I'd like to get your opinion on that, Luke. Um, who do you see picking up the victory in that one? So hard to say because he's not had any fights in between. But um, judging by, he's with the, the Swedish team. I think it's all stars. And uh, the word around their gym is that he just mauls everyone, like big guys. He's got, um, uh, what's his name, Gustafsson. I think he's been training with him for many years, grappling, mm. wrestling, and apparently he's been getting the better of him. So he just sounds like Khabib. Beats yeah. every, all the big guys in training. So um, you can't really rule him out, but at the same time, he's fighting one of the best in the world. And it's a huge step up. So, yeah, it's going to be it, a good one. It is a big step up for Chemaev, I think, isn't it, uh, Dan? Like, I know he fought, like, um, he fought John Phillips, he fought Reese McKee, but these are very, like, Reese McKee, it was his first fight. John Phillips, you know, he's coming, he's at least on the latter latter side of his career. Yeah, um, yeah. Leon would have done the same to them, too. Yes, yeah, I believe so. You know, um, Leon Edwards has proven over time that he's, uh, you know, he's capable of beating anyone on his day. It's just, the, the lack of activity maybe in recent times, which has maybe changed people's... I think people have almost forgotten how good he is, Dan. Do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, I have been a little disappointed that the lack of coverage that Leon has been going because he, this guy is an absolute real deal. He's done fantastic in UFC. Really, really has done well. And I'm surprised that he's not been spoken about a little bit more than he has done. Well, but, um, unmarketable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but look, this guy, uh, you know, if even if Chamaya pulls it off and wins, it's not going to become, it's not going to get it without some adversity somewhere down the line with this guy. Leon Edwards is not going to shy away. He's not going to be in there scared. He's going to go in there. He's going to take it to, to Chamaya. So, yeah, we're going to finally see him tested. I'm sure of that. Um, yeah, I'm banking. I, I, you know, my hopes are for Leon to win, obviously. Yeah. Um, but... I wouldn't be surprised either or way. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it, really, to be honest. Just yeah, going to enjoy sure. it. It's, uh, it's shaping up to be a mad card, actually. But it's not very often you see a ranked number three and fighting a ranked number 15 in the UFC. You normally mm. have to work your way up, don't you, from 15 and, and kind of go through the rankings. Yeah. But yeah, no, one wanted, to fight, no one wanted to fight him. You not even be ranked at the minute. But no. there you go. But Shemaev, like... No one wants to fight him, do they? 
and I think that's part yeah. of the issue, part of the reason why you've ended up with the fifteenth versus third because yeah. no one would take the fight. But but then of course, as ever, as soon as the UFC or Chimaev say, "Oh, no one will take my fight," all the fighters are out on social media saying, "Well, I would have taken the fight." But it's it's <laughs> yeah. too late now. It's, the, the it's thing is, been... yeah. That's the problem with Leon. He was asking for the Masvidal fight. He asked for all the big names, and no one's interested. No, he, he hasn't got anyone interested. Mm. So, it's a strange yeah, one, though, isn't it? Because, yeah. like, like we've just said, like Leon Edwards, you know, he's ranked three. Normally, the UK fighters will be marketed pretty well in the UFC if they are successful. He's ranked three in that division, so he's clearly been doing something right. But for some reason something's not clicking whether it's you could say is the ufc promoting him is i don't know what it is but something's not quite clicking because people i don't know they, they, they like i've seen some takes i'll call them from some people within media or mma circles on social media and they're giving leon edwards no chance and i so it's like bordering on like mm. disrespectful and i just i look Chimaev could go in and he could steamroller him and beat him. Chimaev could probably do that to most people. But equally, I think saying that Leon Edwards has got no chance and is going to have exactly the same experience as some of these other guys, I think is it's, it's a bit disrespectful to be, to, for me. Yeah. No, I've seen uh, clips of Leon on the pads and he's one of the most frightening guys I've ever seen for a mm. body kick. He's got power. Oh, it was brutal. I want to take one of those kicks. Um, some of the other fights rumoured or confirmed in some cases for this uh, this card. Stephen Thompson versus Jeff Neal. I think that could be a really exciting fight, Danny, do you reckon? Yeah. Stephen yeah, Thompson's yeah, yeah. usually good. Yeah, yeah, there's some interesting matchups brewing along. It's looking like it's going to be another another exciting card and what a treat just before Christmas as well. Oh, yeah. Um, another one which I like the look of is Taipo, uh, Marcin Taibura versus Greg Hardy is a, is a good one. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Misha Serkinov versus Ryan Spann. I'd really like that. Jose mm. Aldo versus Marlon Vera. Um, interesting oh, one. But the cool. Here's one for you, then. We saw him last week, and he was impressive again. Chaos Williams versus Michel Pereira. Oh, that, my God. That, that is a fight. Good. That's going to be an acrobatic event, that is. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be quite something. That's going to look so, like a fight in the Matrix. Which, <laughs> yeah, it'd be crazy. It's, it's weird, though, right? Because that that card on the 19th is the week after UFC 256. And, like, I just named a few of the rumoured fights or the confirmed fights for that card. And in some ways, that card almost looks deeper in terms of names than the week before which is kind of interesting but there's still some matches to be announced i think uh obviously the main event for the ufc type 256 is uh petter yan versus aljamain sterling which that in itself will be uh oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, be interesting next week we've got uh curtis blades versus derek lewis as well which i'm quite looking forward to but we'll 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 touch on them a bit later. Um, just trying to double check now if there's any other news I wanted to bring uh, to your attention. Oh, I mean, Anderson Silva, uh, released by the UFC, officially the end of an era, um, has said he doesn't want to retire. I'm sure Bellator will pick him up, Dan. 
<laughs> yeah, Bellator probably will, but that worries me a little bit. You know, mm. uh, he really doesn't look himself in, in, in any way with that last performance, to be honest. And he was only allowed to because I think there was a lot of respect there. And yeah. he was allowed to express himself a little bit. Why, I just, why would, why does he want to carry on? Why? Well, I've talked over the last couple of weeks, Dan, haven't I, about Bellator and their need to change direction when it comes to promoting fighters and signing fighters and go for more young and upcoming fighters rather than these guys who are, you know, should have retired two years ago. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to Anderson Silva in particular, but yeah. go on. Well, if you look at it from the, the point of view of like me, uh, who's been grafting for 15 years and I'm picking up like peanuts for fights, like less than mm. 2,000, he can go in there and get 200,000 for losing a fight. It's like... Uh, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, why are you going to say no when you remember the times when you got no money? No, that's it. <laughs> that's but, the thing. He's, he's in Brazil. It's, well, I think he's in, he's in America now, but... He still remembers what it's like to have no money, I guess. So, if you, yeah, if but he's prime he's by money, you're not going to stop. Yeah, he's, he must be well minted by now, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he's not short of a few quid. But what I um, what I would like to see actually from Anderson Silva is I'd like to, I'd love to see him start like really pushing on with training some fighters because you know he could offer so much to these guys, um, but. As I've said, while I've been critical of Bellator over the last couple of weeks on the show, I have said that signing the likes of Brett Johns and Khabib's brother and these sorts of guys is a step in the right direction. Um, I think they um, they announced, I'm sure they uh, said, Usman uh, Namig Madoff, I said it, well done me, um, is I'm sure that they uh, announced his first fight for Bellator. I'm just going to double-check that. But ultimately, I just want to see Bellator concentrate on these young and up-and-coming fighters and really give them a, a big platform to show what they can do instead of... Uh, didn't we say, Dan, that um, Rampage Jackson is in their like, heavyweight rankings? Yeah. Ra- with the greatest of respect to Rampage Jackson, Jackson... He hasn't been a relevant MMA fighter in probably at least 10 years. Mm. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And don't get me yeah. wrong, he would rip my arms off. But what I'm saying is, like, Bellator as a company should be doing better for me in terms of where they're focusing their their promotion. But, hey, who am I? They're just, you know, they're the ones making the, the cash. And sorry, it wasn't Khabib's brother. It was... Um, Khabib's cousin, they signed. Okay. So um, we're going to move on to the UFC. Uh, but just really, really quickly, uh, in 10 words or less, Luke, how do you see Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier going? I'm not sure, but um, I don't know if it goes, if McGregor don't finish him in round one or two. And of course, it's going to be a main event. Um, we've never seen Poirier uh, quit from any sort of cardio or anything like that. So, mm. um, yeah, round one or two, it's McGregor's by finish. But if Poirier gets past one or two, it's going to be a whitewash for him, I think. It's going to be a fascinating fight because it could go so many, so so differently 
depending on how you know where when it finishes. Um, you know, we could be talking Dan about Conor McGregor doing it again in like a minute or two, or we could be talking about a five round beating. Yeah, it's, Actually, it's fascinating. I, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of partially agree with what uh, Luke's trying to say about it, but I just I don't know whether Poirier can just push forward um, enough to to create that cardio deficit in Connor. I think Connor's just got too much of a precision shot mm. on him and just too dangerous, too powerful with those singular shots. That yeah, you know, I'm just not so sure that he's going to be able to push him. Um, whereas someone like Nate pushed. Connor yeah, to he was able because, to walk him down. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he had he was naturally bigger, had that long, long reach and height. Um, I'm not too sure Poyo's going to be able to do that. I think, and Poyo's going to have it in his head. He's felt his power before, and mm. you can't tell me that if you've been knocked out before that ain't going to be somewhere in your mind uh, facing the same opponent. So yeah, I think he sure. won't, won't be on the gas pedal. I think Poyo, you might see him use leg kicks more. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, one thing which interests me is that everyone's talked about how oh, Dustin Poirier is not the same fighter that he was when he fought McGregor initially. Of course he's not. But no, I think people are also also forgetting... Too. I think people are also forgetting, though, is that Conor McGregor's not the same fighter that he was either. Um, and as much as people give Conor McGregor stick, you know, for he lost to Khabib, he lost to Diaz, I think um, as a fighter solely... Uh, Conor McGregor has improved massively over the years. Um, yeah. The big concern would obviously be he hasn't been that active in full-blown fights. But I uh, uh, John Kavanagh tweeted last week, I think it was, that he was on his way uh, to to see Conor and they were starting their fight camp. So yeah, I'll, just, hmm. I'll keep watching this the Khabib fight back, and uh, it was just. It was just appalling when he started yeah. kneeling him in the face to try and get the fight standard up again. He, he was going to do anything at that point to get that fight standard mm. stood up. He was yeah. closed in the cage, kneed him in the face. Yeah, it was so Never frustrating played. though because I am. Um, yeah. In the build-up to that fight, I watched all of Conor McGregor's like early fights. I watched a couple of the Cage Warriors and I watched all his fights in the UFC just to get in the mood for it. And I watched Khabib and Khabib was doing the same thing every fight. He was mauling people. Connor was finishing people on the way up. And then everything which made Conor McGregor the, the special fighter that he was, he didn't do against Khabib. So you never got to see, like everyone talked about Khabib's wrestling will be too much for him. How will Connor defend it? <clears throat> and we saw that he was able to defend it to a point, but ultimately he didn't have the strength or the skills to do it which everyone thought but we never got to see if Connor, uh, if Connor's counter striking and precision striking would trouble Khabib because he never really did it and I feel like that's the only I think I've said to you Dan before that's the only reason I would ever like to see that rematch is if yeah, I could be guaranteed yeah. he took Gagey's hardest shot which is arguably harder than McGregor's. Yeah, it's interesting. It right off his head. It didn't even move. Yeah. Yeah, stuff him, didn't it? <laughs> but what you've got to do is you've got to put, put that into perspective. Habib's just done what he always does. And when he beat Gaethje, he beat Gaethje a whole lot more convincingly than he beat Conor McGregor. I think Conor McGregor put up a better fight than Gaethje did to put things mm -hmm. into perspective yeah. for you. He, he did. But then if you look at 
Poirier one, he, he also put up a very good account yeah. of himself. So it's yeah. so even yeah. that it's unreal. Yeah. Be fascinating fight. I will dust in Poirier versus Time McGregor. Time will tell. Indeed. Right. <laughs> let's get on. Uh, let's get on to these fights from last night. Um, there was one fight from the pre-show I just wanted to touch on because um, I think it might have been my favourite fight of the night. Um, and that was, uh, he says, and he can't remember the name of the fighters. Uh, I will tell you just now. Kotsky um, and... Uh, yeah, Kotsky. Ko- uh, yeah. Uh, Koisi versus... Uh, Luis Koisi versus Sasha uh, Palantikov. Um, what a fight, Dan. What a fight. Oh, it was beautiful. Three, three yeah. rounds. Yeah, it went... It was looking like Kotsky was going to do it early on. Um, he got taken down but reversed it and then rocked that Palantikov... Uh, proper rocked him and was all over him but Panetov he come back he got up and he just seemed to have bags and bags of cardio and um, it was looking like Koski was was done but the rounds went on and then it started looking like Lewis Koski was gonna start pulling it off again he got second wind started going at it again but Panetov's cardio and and resilience i mean the only thing that he bowed down on was a couple of groin strikes i don't think there was that too clean i think those perhaps no. looking for a little bit of a breather but my goodness they're both debut i think they're both debuting uh for ufc yeah. wasn't they what a performance they both gave they really did if one thing's for sure they both got absolute heart and desire to win um, we definitely saw that but we did see some elements of good skill as well it wasn't just that they were standing mm. trading toe for toe we saw some really nice spinning back fists. We saw some nice takedown combinations. Some nice clinch work with knees. Kind of had a little bit of a bit of everything. Saw some ground in terms of ground and pound. Not many of them were trying to just submit each other, but uh, yeah, it was one hell of a fight. But um, Sasha pulled it off. Um, really down to that cardio thing. Uh, I think that's what gave him the edge, really. And um, yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the finish that Modesta's got in Cage Warriors, where. The wrestler just slumped down, fouled with a double leg, and mm. then was just getting hit in that turtle position. Yeah. Um, it got to a position where Sasha was no longer even sprawling. He was sort of like just squatting just over him, the, punching left, right, him. left, right, until the ref stepped in. But great performance for both of them. I mean, that's the kind of thing you need to do when you're both you know, fighting for the first time and not, not playing overly safe. You need to make a good performance. And even though um, Luis uh, Koski uh, got the loss on that, that one, you know, people will be rising their eyebrows at his performance nevertheless and, and be sitting up and taking note of this guy. Yeah, even though he lost, people will look out for his name the next time he fights because yeah. he put up such a you know, it was a great fight back and forth and there was points where Koski looked like he might uh, sneak it. Um, that low blow just before, uh, it was an accidental low blow from Koski on uh, Sasha Palantekov. And what it did is it gave him both, or gave Sasha a bit of a breather. And then he came back from that breather and just finished the fight uh, yeah, in yeah. explosive style. Did you um, did you watch this one, uh, Luke? I only watched the main card. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I, um, uh, yeah that, uh, that was just one which I watched this morning. And I was like, oof, I've got to talk about that. It was real yeah. good. Did, did, did anyone see the, um, did you see the Antonio Shevchenko? Did you see that one? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was in it. Yeah, um, yeah, not Valentina. Uh, Antonia. Antonio. Antonio. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't see Matches, that. what an improvement in her ground game. Now, we all know she's a striker, but um, 
but also that Irina Lipsky, she her striking looked devastating as well. It really, that was good, a big. But... That was a hard fight for Shevchenko, uh, Franz yeah, Shevchenko. I thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what an improvement in her ground skills! Really, really tight, and her um, and her takedowns were really good. <clears throat> yeah, really, really good. Great performance. Really was. Um, okay, so the main card started with uh, Scotsman, uh, Mr. Paul Craig. Was that the first fight of the main card? Yeah. But, yeah, it was, wasn't it? I thought it was. Um, okay, uh, so one thing I was going to ask, did you watch, did either of you watch the Brandon, Mo- yeah, Brandon Moreno, that was on the main card, wasn't it? I'm getting all confused uh, now. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was, was one it? of the last prelims. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That sorry. One. So Brandon Moreno uh, faced uh, Brandon uh, Royval on the final, uh, the sort of the main event of the prelims, if you like, um, which was interesting. Rank number one versus rank number six on the prelims. Um, Brandon Moreno looked superb, really, really mm. impressive. Um, and Dan, what I would like you to do, your homework for this week, is to go and watch that fight. And tell me, tell me about what you think Brandon Moreno next week because right. um, I thought that was superb. Um, but anyway, uh, Shogun Rua versus Paul Craig in the rematch. Um, I watched their first fight earlier as well, um, which was a good, real good fight. Um, Luke, what did you make of this fight? With the, uh, sorry, Paul Craig picked up the victory via TKO uh, three minutes and a half into the into the second round. What did you make of this one, mate? Yeah, he he always just finds a way to win, <laughs> even even when he's outskilled on the feet, outskilled on the ground, he'll still manage to <laughs> get, pull off a triangle. He just wins all the time. <laughs> but then um, there was a point in that fight where he got pinged and uh, he got a solid chin. But I was thinking if if it was a younger Rua, that might have been the end of the fight because he, he he lost his bearings for a, for a mm. split second. But um, yeah, he had a wobble, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, it was like a it was like a one two, but the second one really pinged him as his head had like went back on the cage. But uh, yeah, I knew it was going to be a one sided affair. He's, he's just too fit. If you look at their physiques, it's uh, it's going to boil down to the younger man uh, being more athletic and out grappling like he did. And then of course yeah. the oil check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, I I think Paul Craig is vastly underrated. I do. Um, you mentioned his ability there to just pull out a victory when it seems like everything is going against him and everything's maybe not going to plan. He's got this knack of being able to win. And I think, when you to put it in football terms, we talk about this a lot on the football shows, like teams who can play badly and still pick up victories. They play badly for 90 minutes, but they still win 1-0 or they score a last-minute winner. They just they find a way... To, to win or to get a draw when they've got no business doing it. And I almost feel like Paul Craig's got that quality where things might not be going to plan, might not be going as well as they could, but he just wins. Um, and I just think he's underrated. I just think he's an underrated fighter. Um, yeah, and he's getting a lot of easy money at the minute too, though. He's been getting like fights. Big fights. He's easily winning. And uh, yeah. I think he's on like a six or seven fight win streak. I really want to see him with that step up in competition. And, yeah, uh, well, um, we'll have a little chat about that. I think now in a minute, when we once we'll get Danny's uh, point of view, and we'll we'll do a bit of fantasy booking and see who we'll put him up against uh, next. But Danny, what did you think of Paul Craig's um, 
performance and the fight overall. And also, I would like to put this question to you. If Paul Craig was American, would he get more credit? Yeah, I do, do think if he was American, he'd be getting more credit and more attention around him. Um, yeah, you're right. It does also, yeah, it does seem to pull these wins out of the bag, but that's um, a commendment to the sharpness of his skills on the ground with his submissions. Um, he's quite a tall guy as well, so that can make you know, an awkward thing either on the feet or in the grappling means. Now, I'm absolutely agreeing with Luke. I think a younger Shogun would have uh, capitalised on the fact that he rocked Craig and I think he would have been on him and maybe started um, thumping some of that technical skill out of him and made his grappling less tight. We did have his chances. Um, Paul Craig made a mistake on his back and ended up underneath in that first round. And again, that's a situation where Rua in the past has just postured up and done devastating ground and pound there because he had the cardio to do so. But he's just not the athlete that he once was. There's definitely still fighting him, but he just doesn't have the cardio against these younger men. And um, that was ultimately his undoing with combination of Paul Craig's, um, you know, uh, grappling prowess. Um, and it proved too much for Shogun Rua. Um, yeah, but, you know, Shogun now is... is a gatekeeper at best, you know, mm. really is no longer at his best. We all know that. Uh, we're not, not under any illusions. I actually thought Shogun, if he come as a, the competitor that we know he's been in the past, could have put it on Paul Craig enough to get the win. But we can't take nothing away from Paul. He'd done great in the striking. He was shooting in at the right times. Okay, a couple of errors. But when he got back on top in that um, second round, was it second round? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that second round, you know, he was making it more of a done deal. And look at the way he took the back and sprawled him out. There was no way that Shrew was getting up from that. And Rua, surprisingly, tapped out rather than get put out asleep or, or get knocked out. I'm quite surprised that he's willing to tap out. I think he was absolutely gassed and had nothing yeah, more exhausted, to give. exhausted, wasn't he? Mm. Interesting, though. Um, so Dana White said after the fight that he hopes that that's Shogun's last fight. He thinks he should retire. But actually, um, Shogun Rua, previous, before this fight, was on like a three-fight win streak. I think he's only lost uh, one of the fights, I think it was, off the top of my head. I'm going to find the stat now. But um, is it a bit early to be kind of saying that sort of thing? Do you think he showed enough in this fight that he should, you know, he's got plenty to offer? Or is it maybe... Um, so he was on a three-fight unbeaten streak before tonight. Uh, and he'd only lost one of his last seven fights. Um, and Dana White said, basically, I want him to retire. Um, but he did expand on it a little bit and said that Shogun didn't look the same fighter tonight. He wasn't the Shogun that we've grown to you know, to watch and, and see over the years. Danny, do you feel like Shogun's still got something to offer the, the UFC and the division? Or maybe... No, like, I, like I say, they're still fighting him. But is it the right thing to continue a career that clearly is only going to go in one direction? Mm. I just think there's no need to risk his health to carry on and do so. No need to put a shadow over the legacy that he's created for himself because this guy is an absolute legend. He's done things back in the pride days. You know, he really has been about a bit. And he's done great things for the sport. Uh, I just don't want to see these fighters going on too long. And he ain't going to get any better now. And yes, he could still beat some of the guys in the top 15 on his given day but those days where he's going to be able to beat those guys are, are literally 
diminishing month by month. He's at that age now. There's a lot of mileage on that guy's clock, along with the fact that his age is no longer of him, you know, you know, his age is such where he's no longer in his physical prime. Yeah, he should hang up his gloves. He should move aside for these younger men. Yeah, yeah I think that's uh, cool. fair, mm. isn't it? I think it's a fair assessment. Um, you mentioned pride there. Whenever someone asks me if they're new to MMA and they'll say, oh, what would you recommend to watch like just to for exciting fights? And I always say, oh, if you've got UFC fight pass, go and have a look at some of the pride fights because they were just... Some some good ones on there, and, and yeah, I enjoy it. Um, so let's have a look. So Paul Craig has lost one in his last seven fights. Um, he's beaten uh, Moreo. He's beaten Shogun twice, or he drew with Shogun and then beat him. Uh, and he also beat Antigolov uh, via a choke. I'm going to give you some names from the division in and around him, and you could tell me who you guys think you sh- you'd like to see him fight next. So he's ranked 15 before this fight. I'd imagine he'll go up at least one to above Shogun. Uh, so then you've got directly above him, you've got uh, Jim Jimmy Crutes, Ryan Span, yeah. uh, and uh Misha Sirkinov, Johnny Walker, Nikita Krylov. Ozdemir, and then you're into your your Anthony Smiths, your Rakic yeah. and Dominic Reyes. Who would you Murderous like to see him Murderous. go? Say again, sorry, mate. It's Murderer's Raw on that one. It is. It's a brutal <laughs> division. <laughs> Who would you like to see Paul Craig go up against next, Luke? I'd like to see him fight Crute. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. But um, I don't know, yeah. man. I, I don't think he'd pull off a sneaky submission on him. I think mm, it'd be a bad, no. bad show. Uh, I th- I think I'd like to see Crute, maybe Misha, Misha Shirkinov. I think that could be quite an interesting fight. Uh, anyone in there to sort of strike your, your, your fancy for him next, Dan? Yeah, I was going to say Crute as well, to be honest, because Crute, as we've seen, has got the striking capabilities, so Paul Craig would definitely have to get this to the ground, but Crute can wrestle somewhat, and his ground skills are really, really good. Um, yeah, I do think... Yeah, yeah, I do think it will go to the ground. I think you'll see some really sexy exchanges. So, out of the interest of their their, their groundwork battle, um, yeah, I would want to see it for that. But it's not a fight. I think Paul Craig would win. My money would be on Crew. What about Johnny Walker? Would uh, would you put it? Would you do that one, mate? Because I think that that would that would as a as a career move. Of... Yeah, as a career move, that would be better. Mm. That would be a better fight. Yeah, rather, rather well, he's I mean, got I, way more chance of winning against Walker yeah. than he has through. Mm. Yeah, and I think you know, for, from Paul Craig's point of view, he's ranked fourteen, fifteen. Johnny Walker's what ninth, so it's like a, a realistic jump in terms of who he's fighting, but also uh, from a matchmaker point of view, I think if he beats Johnny Walker, that's you know, it's a big win for him. It, Jimmy Crook provides a different set of challenges, which maybe are not where you want to go if you want to plug some wins together. Um, okay, next up we have uh, Caitlin Chikagian beat Cynthia Calvillo via unanimous decision. Caitlin Chikagian wins by unanimous decision. Shock, horror. She seems to constantly win by decision. Um, Luke, we'll go to you first with this one. What did you make of this one, mate? 
Yeah, she's she's good. You can tell she's got that Muay Thai background. Then mm. them women are tough, and uh, she. I think she's always going to stay around like where she's ranked now. I think four, third, but I can't see her picking off number one and two anytime soon. That's that's for sure. No, I I don't. I think she's um, <clears throat> just having a look then to see if she's had a title fight. Yeah, she had the one, didn't she? Uh, yeah, she fought. Um, <clears throat> she's fought Valentina and lost uh, in pretty quick. Yeah, she time, didn't do like very a well minute, at all. Minute, minute, and three seconds. Mm. Um, she's also in uh, in other <coughs> sorry in other promotions. She's fought for the bantamweight and flyweight titles. But I just think she's a good fighter. Um, she's like a mid card good fighter in that division. But ultimately. <clears throat> I just don't see her troubling someone like Valentina Shevchenko or those real top names. But I was as a fight, I thought it was quite enjoyable. Dan, what did you make of this one? Yeah, Trigoyen was really impressive, to be honest. But I, we can put it down to the, the fact that there was so much physical difference. Height and reach, I think, was really Calvillo's uh, nemesis with the whole situation. She just could not push close. It was a real task for her. I would have liked to have seen her attempt more takedown attempts to try and steer the fight into a different direction, um, especially you know for, in that second round. Uh, if she'd come back to the corner in that first round, you could foresee that she's going to have an issue all night long with the range. Um, I would have been saying, look, do, do all sorts of tricks with your striking. She's still got good striking herself to try to disguise her entry, get the clinch and try and take something out of uh, Chikagan's striking. If they clinched up a little bit more, even if it wasn't succeeding for a takedown, it would have maybe taken some of that pace out of her jab, which was establishing that range and keeping that Cavillo um, out, out of range on the outskirts where she was losing. So, yeah, that's what I wished I would have seen is a little bit of adapt adaptation of her strategies mm. to try to bring her back in the fight. But she didn't. She was just steadily losing all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I thought I, again. I thought Chikagian was pretty good all the way round. Yeah, um, Calvillo never quite looked like you, know, and she never looked dangerous as such. Um, Chikagian's ranked two, um, and my problem is, yes, she looked impressive, but I don't think she beats Jessica Andrade, who's ranked number one, and I don't think she troubles Shevchenko, who's the champ. Um, so. I, I suppose Jennifer Meyer, who's ranked third, she could go with her next, obviously, because Jennifer be and Meyer. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't think she's going to win that either. And then you've got, like, this weird thing whereby she's ranked number two, stroke three, if she was to lose to Jennifer. And you can't, or you don't want to put her against the champ or the ranked number one, because they're going to beat her. And then... Like, where does she go from that? I, th I feel like at some point, if she keeps beating the girls underneath her, the UFC have got to pull the trigger and just give her another title shot, even though it seems like nobody thinks that she would win that title fight. Um, mm. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Um, yeah, but then no. maybe, I'm do maybe I'm doing her a disservice and, you know, maybe she, she's got a good record. You know, um, yeah. and I thought it's she was impressed. Body shot, wasn't it? it was a mm. Body shot, just uh, even before the body shot, it looked a bit like a deer in headlights. She looked like mm. she, she didn't belong there. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it. Um, she crumpled, didn't she? Um, quickly. Yeah. Uh, next up was Mike Perry uh, versus Tim Means. Danny, did this go how you thought it was going to go? Uh, eventually it did, but in the beginning, first round, it wasn't going the way I thought it was going. Um, you know, Perry really surprised me. Uh, first of all, to take it down as early as he did and then actually work technically quite well off his back. Um, the only thing was he was on um, Means' back, but where he was on underneath. And that could be a that could be draining because your heart's trying to pump blood up to those arms and those legs. And he's quite a stocky character. He's not exactly tall at the weight, so he's thick in the arm and thick in the legs. That can take it out on you because although he was positioning himself quite well, you can tell that he was doing it not like an experienced grappler. He was mm. doing it and holding it with little power and just um, you know a fair bit of know-how. But he certainly wasn't doing it in the right way in terms of his energy levels. There, he was really trying to squeeze on that choke. And Means kept pushing that elbow up high. Um, it's not the best defense in the world, I don't think. But um, he, you know, Means pulled it off. I think if he tried to do that against a more gifted grappler, trying to push that elbow up on the actual choking arm, that's a difficult difficult way to escape. But it was enough to escape it from Mike Perry. Then after that, my God, uh, Means' boxing was beautiful in terms of MMA boxing. He was firing just from the shoulder, not putting too much hip into it really making proper use of his reach and range um, and, and the fact that he had considerable height advantage there. Uh, he just looked really fantastic. And then Mike Perry should have done what he started doing in the latter part of that round three, should have been doing that from the get-go in round two to keep himself really, truly relevant because he was clearly getting outboxed. But he was using those power hands and was at times rocking means. But he had to keep pushing close. And to me, he stood on the outskirts receiving all these shots just a little too frequent and, and just put him too far behind so he constantly had to look for the knockout um, or, or submission because he did try to get it to the ground numerous times obviously gained some confidence there but was unable to, to do so a second time in any meaningful way um, but means you know he looked really really good um, but my Perry he missed weight by quite a bit didn't he again um, oh, this yeah, is becoming okay, yeah this wasn't even close I mean what do you do with a guy like that it's... the thing is he's got no Coach, he? he's got no team. He's just yeah, him, and his, him and his well, wife, isn't it? So good. Mm. Yeah, he's living life like a rapper. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? It's like, but the problem is that's fine as long as you're you're turning up to when you've got to turn up. You're you're doing all your tests and your your drug tests and your and you're turning up for media and you're turning up where you've got to sign your contract and you, everything which you have to do, which a team would help you do. As long as you're still doing those things, and I include making weight on that, because you'd have a team helping you with that. If you're not doing that, or if you don't do those things, or you're missing those things, then it becomes a problem for me. Anyway, I just think, and yeah. he missed it by uh, four and a half pounds. Was it something like that? I think yeah, four and a half yeah. pounds. Uh, that's in, that's inexcusable. Lot, yeah, inexcusable. We, Especially when we, your opponent's 6'2 and you're 5'8 or 5'9. Yeah, 5'9, yeah. yeah. Well, Dan, we'd be hypocrites if we didn't give him a bit of crap for it because, like, we've slated all sorts of people from all around the world for if you're going to do it, like, this one thing missing weight by, like, a pound or half a pound and, you know, it's, you've tried. Yeah, yeah. There's another thing, turning up four and a half pounds over overweight. You haven't got a team around you to advise you. 
and you come across like he does, he very much comes across with the attitude of he doesn't give a shit. That I think yeah. that makes it worse, doesn't it? Yeah, he did, he did a dab or something, didn't he? Yeah, he did something stupid, like just... <laughs> he done his yeah. dab and... <laughs> 20%. <laughs> yeah. But you think it's as well, I think a lot of his weight-cutting issue it is partly because he hasn't got a proper team and a proper coach advising him and he hasn't got no one to answer to. Um, but also, you know, how hard is he actually training? Now, he looked pretty gas at the end of that first round, which he predominantly was winning. But mm. when he went back to his corner and come out for that second round, he didn't look exactly fresh. Um, and um, I just think that he puts up such a great fight, not because he's technically gifted, not because he's clearly training really hard. I just think he's a real proper hard man that, that's got some know-how and he's got you know natural power in his hands. So it's amazing that he's come as far as he has. With, with the conditions that he's preparing in. But this this whole weight cutting, like, I think this is down to the fact that he's just not fit enough. I think had he been in proper condition to, to, to fight the level that he's at, that weight cutting won't be um, as issue as much as it's showing up on repeated, repeated occasions. So, so he was tweeting in the build-up to the weight, to weighing in, um, and he was kind of like saying, oh, I don't think I'm going to make it. And then he started tweeting this weird stuff. Um, and then he said, I I was 189. I got myself down to 177. And now my body just won't sweat. Um, and then he starts rambling about retirement and all this weird stuff. And the problem is, where he hasn't got a team around him, he's doing that weight cut. And as you guys know, when you get when you're cutting that much weight, you're a bit all over the place and you've been lightheaded but yeah, not feeling try, great yeah. the last yeah. thing you want to be doing is doing interviews or tweeting out what's going through your head during that last bit of the the weight cut and he's got no one to stop him no one to advise him i don't know it's and then he's had all this stuff where his ex-wife has accused him of domestic abuse and everything is kind of like on top for him outside the cage i just feel like he's not prepared he hasn't got the best preparation out the cage like i feel mm. like there's something there with him as a fighter like he's clearly a very hard tough guy he's got power in his fists there's something there but what like ultimately what's he doing if he's if he's not got a team and he's not got someone helping him to prepare for these fights and to do the things he needs to do and to make sure he's on point to cut weight healthily. Like, I, what's he, like, is his heart in it, really? Mm, yeah, he's got to change things up. He's got to make changes. And it's not changes within the fight itself. It's in all the prep. You're absolutely right. But time will tell, you know. Well, he's, mate, like, he's got to Conor McGregor will have a dietitian when he with John Kavanagh. It's not just him and John Kavanagh. Like, they've started this the preparation for this fight like Luke is doing for his fight with Jake Hadley whereby you're losing the weight gradually so you haven't got a well, unhealthily he, he would have done that before mm. he would have had the full team in the camp and uh, he's gone through all the process of being a professional fighter like everyone else mm. now he's just acting like a dick and it's not setting a good example for everyone else because you don't get there by doing that he's only just sort of doing it now he's an established name 
Yeah, and I, it's affected him. Ultimately, it's affecting his career now, I think, because no one's got any sympathy for him because of the way he's acting. And he's lost the fight, which, you know, could he have won that fight if he had prepared properly? Sport now. Yeah, I, that's, that's exactly how I feel, mate. I feel he like he... Well, obviously, the fans are thinking, ah, this guy can do it, I can do it. And mm. it gets that sort of pub head where they think they can take on UFC yeah. fighters and it's just annoying for everyone. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, I do feel like he's embarrassing, almost. I don't even feel find it funny anymore. I, I find, like I, There was a point where I used to kind of laugh at some of his antics, but now I look at that and I just look at it and it's like four and a half pounds, missed weight again. And it's just like, yeah, come on. Either get on board and do it properly or just go and do something else. Because if your heart's not in it, I don't think boxing or MMA or fighting of any kind, if your heart's not in it, that's when people get hurt. Mm. So, you know, that's my piece anyway. Um, Danny, UFC Women's Flyweight Championship. Valentina Shevchenko is a bloody machine. Uh, she defeated Jennifer Meyer, and uh, it was a pretty good fight again by the ladies. Yeah, Jennifer Meyer, she she done really well. She's a strong she did, girl. Yeah. She can strike her arm right quite well, and as we know, you know, she's a black belt on the ground. She's a good grappler. Um, yeah, she she made Shevchenko have to go back to a corner and come up with some some answers to some problems she was having. Um, but they did though, Shev- didn't they? They, yeah, they, they they adapted and they, and they yeah. came up with those answers. Yeah, yeah. I was just really surprised that Shoshenko's choice to try to get it to the ground so early mm. in the fight. I thought she was going to cho- choose to strike. but um, Yeah, those head kicks, try and set yeah. up one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she didn't. She chose to take it to the ground. And like I say, in one of those rounds, it went against her. She spent predominantly the round on her back. Um but um, yeah, she she come out though, and she started reestablishing herself. And then as the fight progressed, uh, striking started looking better and better and better. And I think she broke the nose of uh, Jennifer Meyer at one point. I think it got overlooked in the commentary, but she was throwing that cross left because she was in southpaw, and it was real piercing down the center line. And um, her work rate just increased throughout the rounds. It was really really impressive. Um, but Jennifer Meyer. I thought she was going to get ran through like Shevchenko's been doing to all of her opponents of late, but she actually put up a really good um, account of herself and clearly on the improving list, she's definitely getting better and she'll be better from this experience too. Surely, even though she's lost, it must have given her confidence that, hey, you know what? I know what it's like to win a round off Shevchenko. I know there's ways to do it. There's, there's hope there. So, yeah, she'll go back to a drawing ball. She'll, she'll have another two, three fights, and I'm sure she'll be looking get a rematch, at maybe, yeah. yeah, getting a rematch. And she, she deserves it on that performance with a couple of other fights if she shows that she has taken it on board and she consolidates some of these improvements that I think this experience is given, going to be giving her. Then uh, Shevchenko, I think, is going to make an even tighter match next time around. Yeah, 100%. I think um, I'd be really looking forward to that rematch. I'd like to see Jennifer Mayer, actually. I think thought about it a bit more. I think they should put her versus Caitlin Chikagi in next. Um, yeah, that would be a good Because one. I think that would be a good fight for both of them. You know, and, and let's be honest, I, like I, I, maybe I was a little bit disrespectful to Caitlin Chikagi. And, um, but if she goes and beats Jennifer Mayer, then she deserves to have a go at Shevchenko then, doesn't she? Um <laughs> What did you think of the Shevchenko-Jennifer Meyer fight, Luke? I thought it was uh, enjoyable. Yeah. 
Yeah, very good. Yeah, um, it was a, it was a good even first couple of rounds, but then um, the commentary of Joe Rogan, you can tell he's he's never been in there because um, mm. sometimes he's turned it one sided, like he was talking yeah. about like Shevchenko is getting more, and she was yeah. just losing the first couple of rounds. To, it was probably a strategic plan on the cardio or whatever, but mm. it, it makes it sound like she's already lost, sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if he was doing it to make it sound exciting, but I think yeah. if gonna... you listen to it without the, the commentary, it'd be a different Yeah, sometimes him, and even DC sometimes, he, he can sound like once he's got it in his mind about a particular fighter, he can sound quite biased and, yes. and seems to be looking at things through just his own goggles and. Yeah. And not doing it from a real a commentator should really be telling you what's happening, uh, you know, sat on the fence and not mm. favoring anyone or not favoring yeah. a style and yeah. um, not bringing personalities into the equation. You should be just telling you it like they used to do back in the day, listening to football teams and boxing matches, and they, all they had was a radio. You comment to what's happening, but um, yeah, I can't help but feel I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that, Luke, because you know, initially he's a fantastic commentator you know he just drum up the interest but sometimes the way he looks at those fights it ain't quite how it really is and maybe it's a little lack of the fact that he hasn't actually been in there and done it himself although a great yeah, martial artist yeah. in his own right yeah he was saying the same thing uh, to mcgregor against khabib mm. he, he was saying like uh, maybe he's trying to punch himself out it's like definitely mm. not trying to do that no, no. He's no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <Just getting laughs> booted i think um one thing I like, like obviously as someone myself who's never been in in a cage and stuff like that, one thing I like, I do enjoy from a positive point of view with Joe Rogan is I like the the, the way he describes and, and goes through all the grappling side of things. Um, I think that adds a lot for someone, particularly yeah, even for people. experience with that though. That's, yeah. that's the difference. He's a black belt mm. in jiu-jitsu, so he understands that for them. When you Some of the other stuff, ball. he gets a bit overexcited. Like yeah, Dan Strauss on the. He's trying to judge a jiu-jitsu match when there's strikes happening. It just it don't work. Mm. And the thing I think with um, with De- I, I I enjoy DC's commentary on the whole, um, but what I noticed last night is so say if he's comment commentating on a fight which he's got like a training partner or a friend who's in the fight he is very one-sided towards his training partner or his friend. Whereas when I have like a Dan Hardy or a Bispin or um, who's the other one who does it, Dan? Um, not, not Reyes. Um, yeah, I think Bispin done the Sanjosses and they're actually mm. teammates, but he did it in mm. a completely... He did it really, really form. well, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, um, there was no bias or anything like that. I'm trying to think. There's one of the other, one of the bantamweights who does oh, commentary... Um, um, oh. I've forgotten his name. Cruz. Uh, Cruz. Dominic, yeah, Cruz. Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz. I think yeah. he's very, very good. And I think where Joe Rogan and DC have been off for a, probably a couple of months now, and you've seen the likes of Dan Hardy, um, Bisping, Dominic Cruz doing the commentary, I think they've done a really good job. And mm. what it's shown is that, yes, like I say, Joe Rogan does a fantastic job with the grappling and stuff. Maybe he does get a bit overexcited in certain situations, but also DC maybe needs to work a bit on his uh, one-sidedness when it comes to his team teammates and stuff. Like, and you've got to because you can't have, you know, you can't see it from one. So you've got to be able to tell. 
the audience what's going on yeah. rather than just being one-sided i think isn't it yeah but can you imagine you know not having joe rogan do these like ma- oh, these yeah. feature no. feature fights he's got to do it, like, oh oh the way he shouts from <laughs> i do i gotta say i do miss him when he's not there though is the other thing yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like... He's a... i wish he would like speak to Cruz and get some knowledge on that stuff mm. like ask him why he's doing this and why he's doing that mm. yeah have more understanding mm. if, like, you could, if you could be in there yeah if you could pick your combination then of the current ufc commentators you had to pick three who would you pick assuming you'd have um john anik as the main guy who would your two two guys be to go with him well this bin's always pissed lately so he's always (laughs) talking shit so if he was sober then i'd pick this bin but at the minute no so it'd have to be Cruz and uh felder maybe and uh, yeah who would you go, Dan? Yeah. Who would your uh, combination I'd, be? Yeah, I'd go Cruz and uh, Dan Hardy. Uh, I think Dan Hardy's really analytical. Um, I like the way he just flows when he talks as well. He's, I don't know, just just John An- John nice Anik is John Anik and Dan Hardy are very good together as well. Yeah, and I'm kind of stuck because I almost want Joe Rogan in there because it's Joe Rogan, but I'm not willing to sacrifice. John Anik or Dan Hardy for my combination, and then I'm kind of happy then with Felder. Uh, I'm happy with uh, Bispin. I'm happy with DC. I'm happy with um, Dominic Cruz. I'm happy with any of those guys because I think they all bring something to the table which I enjoy. So Joe Rogan kind of got to go, um, and I don't think he's going to get that big fat contract next time around. I got to be honest, but I think the UFC has been clever. And that because he doesn't do the foreign shows, he only does the American shows. Is what they've done is they've built up all those guys we've just talked about. So they work because last time when Joe Rogan signed his contract, he kind of had the UFC over a barrel because they'd got rid of Mike Goldberg and they didn't really have another kind of big name commentator who would attract people in. And I think now they have. So I don't know, but then saying that, his po- because his podcast does so much traffic and numbers, it's almost like they'll always want him because he brings in those people from that. So it's yeah, it's not it's not as if he's appalling. He's just no, 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 no. He's just sometimes not telling it how it really is from a pure MMA fighter's perspective. Um, yeah, but he's, he's, he is he's still just... great. His personality is awesome. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and you, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I'd still, I don't know, you just got to love his personality. I love his yeah, podcast. No, I love his enthusiasm. Same, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be the same. And, okay, so you, you might say, oh, you know, he had him over a barrel. I think Dana White really likes him. Yeah. And I think it, Oh, I yeah, think I meant it metaphorically, like not like course. he was trying to screw um, him over. To, to me, you are going to get better quality commentating with, with selected others that you've been speaking about. But um, it ain't always just about that. Some, you know, no. Sometimes you know, you've got to see it from a business perspective and he's going to draw attention when he's doing the commentating on these big feature fights. And so you're always going to see him. And I'll say, yeah, that, that's absolutely fine. It's not, it's not like he's doing a, a disgusting job and being a commentator no. ain't consequential to what's going to happen in the fights, like a referee or, or, or bad judging. You know, this yeah. is just commentating and commentators don't always get it right. And, um, but it's harmless. And uh, also and, as well, mate, just to add to that, is if you've got um, 
like the big UFC pay-per-views, like last night, for instance, you have a lot more casual fans watching before COVID. You need that uh, that commentator like Joe Rogan, who everybody knows, but also has got that knowledge, like we talked about his grappling knowledge, to be able to, to kind of keep that um, casual fan engaged during those shows because they're the ones ultimately who will go and buy t-shirts and come back for the next next pay-per-view and that sort of stuff right let's get to the main event of the evening and uh, what a main event or should i say what a performance by uh Devison figueredo the champion defeated alex perez who was ranked number four via submission guillotine choke one minute 57 oh boy Luke, tell me about this one first, mate, because I know Danny is itching yeah. for this. <laughs> so well, yeah, that wait. was actually my prediction. It was either a guillotine or knockout first round, but Perez is definitely the other number one contender. I can't see anyone else in the division beating him. No. Just, there always seems to be one at flyweight, and until they're gone, there's no one else sort how of imp- to, to match it. How impressed were you with Figueredo, mate? And have well, you been over recent pretty times? Pretty impressed. But uh, I, f- I think looking at his body shape compared to the rest of them, I think he's been on the Mexican uh, beef. <laughs> and uh, there, there's no denying it, man. Um, yeah. I think because the Rio boys, I think they're getting heavy drug tests at the minute, but I wouldn't be surprised. He, he, he's right near the Amazon. I wouldn't be surprised if there's one guy up there and he can pay him off. I know that's what's going on. So. <laughs> he, he might be... Uh, he might be um, pop soon, I, I reckon. Here's, could, a question. Be Here's a question for you then, uh, Luke. Question, I'm going to put you on the spot. Dana White phones you tomorrow morning and he says, um, I want you to fight Figueredo for uh, the UFC flyweight title on New Year's Eve. Would you take that fight? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll beat guys on steroids before, man. I, I think I could. <laughs> 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 this is brilliant. And, uh, and he, I don't know. You know what clip's going at the start of the show. Oh, I can sniff them out a mile away and uh, I'll sniff some, some roids going on there. <laughs> you yeah, sniff some things in your time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, I think he'll be the... If I, if I get a run in the UFC, I reckon he'll still be there when I... I mean, it's easily doable that I could get a pop at him in the near future. Mm. Do you, um, out of the, the three of them, uh, being Brandon Moreno, Joseph Benavidez and, and Figueredo, which one of you, or which one, or which one of the other two do you think is most likely to take the title from him? I don't know. They're, they're, all, they're all good, but they're not vicious enough like him. Mm. But, yeah. To do anything nasty to him, so I can't see him losing it any time soon. Anyone further down you fancy could perhaps have a no, run at no. him? If anyone stands a chance, it's Moreno, but I don't think it's much of a chance. No, he was impressive uh, last night, Moreno, earlier on he in the night. He was always impressive. So was Perez. He looked unbeatable, but I still knew he'd lose to a bigger Reno. Figure Figueredo is an animal, and he's just like uh, he is vicious. Yeah. You you said it right there. He's vicious. Come on, Dan. Yeah. What do you make of this, mate? Yeah, I, I mean, on the feet, it looked like you know he, he was going to get tested somewhat, but um, Perez 
got that hold of that single, didn't he? And then tried to lift it up to the shoulders to get the takedown. There was a sneaky little temporary grab on the cage. I don't know whether you spotted that. And the ref had to um, pull Figueroa's uh, hand off the cage. But then, um, then he, he spotted an opportunity for that that jumping leg lock, which is really, really unusual. And it was actually a fair old punt to go for it because he, he fell quite deep in on it. But uh, it's quite hard to get someone from, from a stood position down to the ground to try and complete those leg locks um, because you're not controlling the body mass. Um, maybe Perez is just a little bit too fresh. Maybe in the latter rounds, that would have stood a chance of being bed in. But it um, nevertheless got it to a ground scenario. But that, that sneaky guillotine, I mean... What happened was Perez was getting past the guard and Figueroa started to retrieve the guard. But before he retrieved the guard, he got hold of the head and then started putting in the hooks. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, he, he started nailing me. It actually looked like he was beginning to tap before the actual tap, before the ref actually stepped in. So you knew it was cut right underneath the chin. Uh, and like Luke says, he, he, looks, he looks strong. <laughs> and being, being, being that early on in a round of being so deep under the chin, being caught in a guillotine like that is going to be a hard fix to get out of. Hard fix to get out of. But it, it was nice. It was quite sexy on how it got set up. Um, it, it's such a shame it ended in that way for a fan's perspective and, and for me as interest on how that would have gone as a technical battle and a tactical battle. But, you know, Figueroa just gets it done, doesn't he? He's dangerous on the feet. He can stop you. And clearly dangerous on the ground now. He's getting stoppages on the ground frequently. He, he, he's absolutely on fire. Yeah, he looks um, he looks dangerous, and I think um, like Luke just described it best, vicious. Yeah, he just looks bang up for it. He looks uh, and he just he's got the skills to pay the bills, as it were. Mm. Um, he's got the skills to back up what he's uh, the way he goes about his business. I enjoy watching his fights. I could tell you that much. Um, Dana White wants to do Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno in December. So that'll be interesting to see if that gets done. Because, um, like I say, I thought Moreno was very, very impressive earlier on in that fight. But I just don't know if he was so impressive that I now fancy him to beat Figueredo. I don't think I do, which is kind of interesting because, I, as I've said a couple of times, like, I thought Moreno was very impressive, but I still don't fancy him to to take the title off him. But... It's fighting. You never know what can happen. Um, just to finish us off, we're going to do some predictions uh, of the UFC's card next week. Um, so, next event is Sunday, 29th of November. Main event is Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. Who is going to win, Danny? Oh, Tough one to call, uh... mate. I'm going to go Derek Lewis. That's a hard one to... Really? Yeah, I'm going to go Derek Lewis. You'd be wrong. Um, Maybe. Luke, Luke, who are you going to go with? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably go Blade, but I wouldn't be surprised if Derek Lewis just pops him out of nowhere. And him to sleep. But well, the thing yeah, is... If, if he doesn't get the finish on Blade all day, I think. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I obviously say that in jest. Um but like you know, with these heavyweight bouts, ultimately, it can only take one punch or kick, and it's all over anyway. Um, I just think Curtis Blades is going to have too much all round yeah, yes. for Derek Lewis, unless Derek Lewis knocks him out. 
Yeah, Blaze is good. Blaze I, I just love got too much for him all round. Yeah, I just love Derek Lewis though. I've just got to love this yeah. guy. And so it. it's a little bit more from my heart, but he can actually pull it off. So I'm going to stick to my guns with Derek Lewis on this one. Okay. Uh, a couple of other fights we've got. Um, we've got Renato Mosano versus uh, Moicano, sorry, versus Rafael Fivies. Uh, mm. Who you got in that lightweight bout? Dan? Uh, I'm going to go uh, Fiziev. But that's, that's another hard one to predict. Mm. And Luke, Mukano yeah, or Fiziev? Yeah, in uh, Thailand, that Fiziev, and he didn't have any wrestling at the time because he just mm. transitioned over to MMA. Now he's okay. got the wrestling in check. Uh, he, definitely, you just knew he was going to be a problem, a bit like Adesane. Mm. So, yeah, ah, okay. That'd be interesting. Um, and then we've got uh, the female match, which is kind of interesting one. Uh, female flyweight by Gina Mazzani versus Rachel Ostovich. Uh, Danny, who you got for that one? Uh, I'm going to go Mazzani. And Luke? Um, I don't know if I know them, guys. Uh, I'm out of that. Okay. And, and then the last one I'm going to ask you about is Anthony Smith versus Devon Devin Clark. Sorry. Um uh, light heavyweight, that'd be quite an interesting one. Um, mm. Devin Clark, I don't think, is ranked. I'm going to double check that because he's on their site, it says he's not ranked. Anthony Smith's ranked number six. Uh, so that's a bit of a risk for Anthony Smith, I think. Uh, I, d- I just think he's got no choice but to fight someone. He needs to uh, win, doesn't he? He's expected to win, and I think this is like a reset fight for him. Yeah, he's not ranked. Um, I don't, not ranked. I don't. I don't. I actually don't know Devin Clark. I've, I don't know what it's like. I'm sure we watched him recently, Dan. I'm going to just double oh, really? check now. I'm sure we watched him fight. It, Brown Bear. Just, we've watched so many bloody fights. It just don't ping up in my head as one that I can remember. Well, Never one thing I will say is Anthony mm. Smith has got to win. Yeah, because he's on a, a bit of a losing streak, and. Mm. Um, he can't afford to lose. I mean, to a to an unranked fighter as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if he goes and loses this after on the back of a couple of losses to someone who's not in the rankings, yeah, he could be in a bit of a uh, bit of trouble. Um, right, Devon Clark. Let's have a look. I'm sure that we've seen. He's quite experienced. Like he's thirty. Um, right. Let's have a look. UFC. Who did he fight last? Hmm. Uh, no, so he was he fought on the Hermanson Weidman card in May um, against Alonso Minefield, but it was postponed. Yeah, I mean, the only fight uh, we wouldn't have covered that. I don't think February this year he fought. Um, he was scheduled to fight Antigloff, but Antigloff was pulled from the event, um, so he fought. Dequan Townsend and he won by unanimous decision. Um, mm. But I mean, his record is not, you know, nothing sort of electric. There's no kind of big scalps in there. There's no real knockouts or anything. So I, I'm struggling to see why this fight's on. To be honest, like why they not why it's on, but why they've matched these two guys. Like it doesn't really seem to make too much sense. Um, I think I think it's to try and keep Smith active and in there and get back to some kind of relevancy. 
to try and uh, it, obviously you're Isn't it mad though that he was fighting John Jones not long ago for the title I know I know but that's the kind of level that UFC is all about you know you could be approaching the top of the pile and you can just slip straight down and, and beat the bottom mm. of it very very quickly it's cutthroat out there at that level yeah so he was supposed to fight uh, Shamil Gamazatov on this car or oh, he was supposed to fight him in November um and then he was removed and then they've kind of seemed to have switched it over to Anthony Smith. But, you know, Anthony Smith, how many fights he lost, uh, Danny, on the, uh, in a row now? Is it two or three? Uh, three I think He's three. He's lost a couple, haven't he? Yeah, I think so it's three now. He lost to Rakic via a decision in August. He, he's a beast. He, he's going to be the next. Oh, guy. yeah, Rakic. Is, Rakic? Is, yeah, I like yeah, him a lot. Yeah, looks devastating, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, Big boy, he lost actually. Yeah, yeah. Huge legs. Yeah. Yes, he also lost to Texera, um, and he also lost to. No, he beat Gustafsson, so he lost the last two. But he uh, obviously, so he lost to John Jones. Then he beat Gust, uh, Alexander Gustafsson, and then he lost the two versus Texera uh, and um, Rakic. And then he's fighting Devon Devon Clark on uh, next week's card, which is it's a bit baffling, but we'll see. Um, maybe Devon Clark will shock us all. But do you, I, I assume you both think Anthony Smith's winning that, do you? Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so, for his, for his sake. Mm. Yeah, I'll watch the other guys, that's hard to say. Yeah, I need to have a little look at this guy, because I probably will remember him once I look back at one of his fights. But I know that Townsend's not bad and he, he beat that Townsend, you, you said. And Townsend ain't, ain't a bad fighter. Mm. Uh, and there's a couple Good of guys striker. then. A couple of guys on the prelims to have a little look at next week. Uh, Lagoff uh, is uh, quite an interesting one. He's fighting Al Bazi on the prelims. Uh, there's also a Chinese guy on the prelims, which I can't pronounce his name. Mudereji. I think it's probably wrong. He's a flyweight. Uh, he's fighting Malcolm Gordon, yeah. which would be a good one. And uh, Luke Sanders is fighting. Yeah, there's a few good ones there next week. And um, also Anderson Dos Santos versus Martin Day in the bantamweight. But um, yeah, we'll have a, a good little chat next week, Dan. Uh, Luke, yes. thank you, mate, for joining us. A bit of a long yeah. one tonight. Yeah. But um, I appreciate your time massively, mate. And um, oh, I'll... You've you've given me some clips as well to put out this week as well to promote the show, which I always appreciate when people do such things. Some nice promotional clips, um, and you know, if you could spare me fifteen minutes at some point, we'll have a little chat about your fight as well in a separate interview. Yeah. But I know you're a busy man and stuff with everything, so that's all good. But best of luck with the fight, mate. Um, yeah. You know, I really uh, really hope that after look. Um, I I like Jake Hadley as a fighter a lot. I really he intrigues me a, a lot. I like and, him um, too, but it's not going to stop me smashing his face. <laughs> well, I was going to say he's um he's had plenty to say about you, and um, yeah. I look forward to seeing your response. Shall we say, um, Danny? As ever, it is a pleasure. Yes, it's been fun. Uh, thanks, Luke, for joining us again. And uh, I'm uh, sure we'll do it again in the future. Again, Good luck for your fight also. Um, I'm Wait. damn well looking forward to that one. Cheers. Spot on. And uh, thank you to everyone who's watched, downloaded, tuned in, everything. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday for another episode of the Danny Batten Fight Show. 
where we'll be talking Curtis Blades beating Derek Lewis uh, among <laughs> other things. But uh, until then, check out Ace Podcast Nation. We've had uh, actor Chris Johnson on recently. We've also had Super Kevin scripted the football shows as well as many other things. But nothing comes quite as close to having the current Cage Warriors flightweight champion, Luke the Apocalypse Shanks, join us. We bid you farewell. Cheers, folks. Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.